At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Philadelphia CityCast with Ryan Rothstein, presented by Bet Rivers. All right, welcome back, Philadelphia CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein, at Wise Rye on Twitter, W I S E R Y E, on this Friday edition. Happy Friday, everyone. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Uh, we will give you some quick updates and insight, my insight for what that's worth, on the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, but on today's episode, we have a great guest joining me to preview the Philadelphia Eagles' upcoming season, to preview some of the key offerings available to you at Bet Rivers Sportsbook on their wagering menu, particularly in the futures market. So it's a Friday futures edition here on the CityCast. So we'll have Jeff join us here in just a few minutes. Jeff Kerr of CBS Sports, NFL writer for CBS, does excellent work. Uh, he'll be chatting it up with me on this Friday. Uh, before we get to Jeff and before we quickly talk some Phillies, before we dive headfirst into the Eagles and NFL conversation, want to remind you that Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook invites you to add some variety to your baseball bets with new same-game parlays. Every game this baseball season, you can combine game bets and player props to create your perfect Bet Rivers combination. Whether you're looking to increase your payouts on favorites or make your own long shot, you can add a little extra spice to your game with same-game parlays at Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and make your baseball same-game parlays today 
presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLING. All right, so as promised, let's get to some Phillies topics. We'll look at the odds for the Friday night matchup in Pittsburgh against the Pirates. Uh, Phillies on Thursday, they start off this four-game set up in Pittsburgh in a big way. Zach Wheeler got the ball, and boy, he was wheeling and dealing. The Phillies get the win, 8-2. to two. Zach Wheeler was you know, awesome once again. He has just been, he's been outstanding. And I know I talked about it on the last episode. This Pirates team is, is bad. All right. They are in the bottom of the league and all the key statistical categories offensively. And Wheeler took advantage of it. And that's what you have to do. You have to win games and beat teams that you're supposed to win, beat teams that you're supposed to beat. Wheeler went seven innings, allowed only three hits and two runs. He walked three batters. He struck out eight batters. He did not allow a run until the seventh inning when he gave up a two-run shot to Cal Mitchell. You look at Wheeler in his last 16 starts, he's pitched 101 innings and allowed 23 earned runs for an ERA of 2.05. He has been cruising. How about offensively, Nick Castellanos? We've been talking a lot about him, mostly negatively. He had three hits for the Phillies. Schwarber went yard for the 32nd time this season. And how about Alec Baum? My goodness. Kid has been on an outstanding streak. That streak just simply continued on Thursday. He had multiple hits. Uh, one of them in the first inning, he had an RBI single in the second inning. He batted third in the order uh, as interim manager Rob Thompson rested JT Rio Muto. He's just been absolutely brilliant batting 418, 36 for 86 in his last 23 games. He's on a 13-game hitting streak. He also made a really strong play at third in the field uh, in the fifth inning on Thursday night in the matchup against the Pirates. So a lot to be optimistic about for the moment surrounding the Philadelphia Phillies. And like I said, they need to take at the very least three or four against the lowly Pittsburgh Pirates. Ideally, a four-game sweep would be nice. You look at the betting odds for Friday. First pitch scheduled to get underway at 7.05 p.m. Eastern time. The Phillies are your road favorite at minus 124. The Pirates at plus 105. Phillies run line laying the one and a half priced at plus 128. Pirates getting the one and a half priced at minus 155. You look at the total runs set at Bet Rivers. It's at eight for the Friday night matchup here coming up a little bit later. So Phillies need to continue and carry that momentum from Thursday uh, into the outing on Friday night and then hopefully into the weekend uh, as Bailey Falter will get the ball for the Phils and Quintana will get the ball for the Pittsburgh Pirates. All right, Philadelphia City Cast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. As promised, let's switch gears now and dive deep into the wagering menu at Bet Rivers Sportsbook with our next guest, Jeff Kerr of CBS Sports NFL writer. We'll talk all things NFC East, the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard, new addition A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and the defense, uh, and more. So without further ado, let's get to the conversation 
with Jeff. Enjoy. All right, so let's get right into it now. Enough of my nonsense. We have a guest joining us here on this Friday edition of the Philadelphia CityCast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Besides giving me the follow at Wise Rye, our next guest is, he's a must follow. He's a must follow. He works for uh, CBS Sports NFL writer at Jeff Kerr CBS, and he'll help us break down the Eagles season outlook here today with camp underway, intense practices thus far. All right, some intense just all dayers out there. No, it's not like Lehigh used to be. But uh, nonetheless, we're excited here in Philadelphia. So let's bring Jeff into the conversation. And uh, maybe he'll throw some realism at us to disappoint us. Or maybe he'll uh, confirm some of our hopes and dreams here. Jeff, thanks for joining us. How are we doing today, man? Uh, Ryan, I'm doing pretty good. But you're right. So when you watch training camp practice now and – Again, back when I played football, it was 15 years ago. And you know, as a high school kid, I'm thinking to myself, all, all right, these guys practice like we do. Now nah, I don't feel as bad. Now high schoolers don't practice the same. The pros don't practice the same. Everything's it, everything's shorter now. That, that's what I'll say. It's not like the, the, temp, the tempo's faster, but everything just seems shorter. It doesn't – like they're working out, but it doesn't feel like the same type of blood, sweat, and – tears you would be used to watching i remember the titans camp for example (laughs) yeah everything you you said everything's faster which is spot on everything is faster quite literally and everything is less physical right well unless you're jason kelsey then you're just wearing bubble wrap on your head i I don't know if you heard that today uh you know jason (laughs) kelsey's uh, decided to make fun of the um, i forget what they what they call the caps now I, i literally just sat in front of in front of me, um, the conditional cap or something. They're wearing those goofy things on their helmets, and Kelsey's like, you know what, I'm just going to keep the bubble wrap on and give myself an extra 2 to 3% today. So I, I thought it was pretty funny. I mean, they do look stupid. I, I, I agree with them, but I understand the premise of what the NFL is doing. But, it, yeah, back, back to your initial point. Everything is just quicker now. It, it, it's like there's more class study. There's more film room. It's – more of stuff Kyler Murray doesn't like to do than ever before. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's start with the quarterback, right? I mean, where else would we start here, Jeff? I was going to try and maybe hold off to the second or third question to get into Jalen Hurts, but screw it. Why not? Uh, from your perspective, Jeff Kerr's opinion, give us your thoughts on Jalen Hurts overall because, as you know, you can only be on one side or the other. Right. God forbid you're objective and maybe you can look at both sides a little bit to the negatives and the positives that air quotes haters and uh, the the uh, fanboys, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it. But uh, your thoughts and opinion on Jalen and what type of year, best case scenario, do you think the quarterback can have for the Eagles? So. I'm not ready to write off Jalen Hurts by any means. I'll never write off a third-year quarterback. Now, unless you're Sam Darnold, I'll, I'll really write you off. But he's a little past his third year. <laughs> but Jalen Hurts, to me, I see a very interesting project there because I feel like Jalen Hurts can be a dynamic quarterback in this league. And it, we saw it last year in terms of him running the football, the 784 yards, the 10 touchdowns. And it really, he probably would have ran for 1,000 yards and need more touchdowns if he didn't have the ankle injury last year. But I also saw a quarterback that needs to get better throwing the ball. And, you know, he's never going to be Patrick Mahomes. He's never going to be Justin Herbert. There's only one of them for a reason. 
but he can be a Dak Prescott. I I think he can be that. And I think his ceiling is top, you know, maybe top seven, top eight, which you would take that. That gives you an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. So I'm looking at it as if he can develop into that top 10, top 15 range this year, get better at throwing, get better at his quick reads, leading his receivers, and he has the talent to do that, I, I think he'll be okay, Ryan. All right. I, I mean, I I don't disagree with anything that you're saying, and but I, I'm on WIP a couple nights a week here. I, I get asked as, as a guest on different shows, you know, my outlook on the Eagles this year, my thoughts on Jalen. I don't know, right? That's my answer. And, you know, you can just react to this in a second, what I have to say. Like, I, I just don't know about Jalen yet. Like, I look at – I love the kid. I'm rooting for him, right? And I think so many people uh, maybe deem me as a hater. No, I'm, I'm not a hater. I want this kid to be the, the future of this franchise. I, I love everything about him. I don't know how you can't. Um, it's just hard to tell what he is and what he's going to be. And if that makes sense, like you mentioned the rushing yards, almost 800 rushing yards on the ground. That's awesome. Right. But in today's NFL, I, I do feel like you need not that that's too much. That may sound idiotic, but I want someone 400 yards rushing, someone that can extend plays with their with their legs, still keep their eyes down the field. Right. So I don't I, I, how I'm phrasing it is really poor. But uh, just your thoughts on. <laughs> what his worst case scenario, I guess, can be. Uh, and if okay is good enough in Jeffrey Lurie's mind and Howie Roseman's mind, like, do you think that they're saying, all right, this is the year for Jalen. This is what he needs to show us X, Y, and Z. If not, we're going to figure out a way to move on from him. I think your evaluation of him is more than fair. I, I don't know. And no, that's not being a hater. And it's weird too, Ryan, because I see it on Twitter. Everybody's like, oh, you give such a fair perspective on Jalen Hurts. Like, you must like him. I'm like, I don't like him. I don't hate him. It's right. Little, but I always look at what players can be and what I'm watching. I, I just see a guy who just continues to get better every year. And I'm not defending him when I say he had a different play caller every year since he was 16. He's even admitted that. So, and that's just the facts, and I, I, I'm just going off what I hear around the league and when I talk to other players. For for example, I, I talk to Justin Herbert quite a bit now. I've had a couple of interviews with him. He always raves about Shane Steichen. And keep in mind, Shane Steichen hasn't been with Justin Herbert in a whole year now. And he always gives him credit for him being as good as he is. And, you know, he... Justin Herbert likes that Shane Steichen is going to be Jalen Hurts' play caller, and he likes that he's Jalen Hurts' offensive coordinator. So I'm like, well, if one of the best quarterbacks likes this guy, it has to mean something, right? So I think, though, if Jalen Hurts doesn't take that step, I think Laurie can be impatient. I think Howie Roseman can be impatient. But I also think they're, they're forward thinkers, too, which isn't bad at all. And I think they realize, hey, we got an extra draft pick in the bank. We have the opportunity in the capital to get someone better if we feel he's not where we want him to be. And I think we're, you know, I think people are overanalyzing this too. Like I said, look, yeah. the Eagles were, if the Eagles win a playoff game this year, and people were like, well, it's how they win a playoff game, right? <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's not. If you win a playoff game with Jalen Hurts as your quarterback, 
that's a really good sign, right? That's what we want. We want to take that step. And, uh, you know, that's where I think good teams get into trouble. It's how they win. No, it's just take the progression as is. And I think that's what the Eagles got to do this year. What is this Eagles offense going to look like, right? I mean, and that's such a, a a big question mark for me, and it ties into the conversation we're already having, Jeff. Like, what what will what will their identity be? How much different will it look, in your opinion, from last season to this season? Obviously, we're hoping it looks different, just based off of the sole acquisition of AJ Brown. Uh, so, how much more passing do you believe they're going to do? What will their identity? Uh, really look like this year with the addition of A.J. Brown, with Jalen another year older and hopefully wiser, uh, and with Shane Steichen officially becoming the play caller? I think they want to throw the ball, Ryan. I, I think they really want to throw the ball. And I, I said Jalen Hurst may be a quarterback that you don't really want to throw the ball 40 times a game, but I think they kind of want to see him do that. And you have A.J. Brown, you have Devonta Smith, you have Dallas Goddard, you have Quez Watkins, you have Zach Pascal. That's a pretty loaded wide receiver core. It's pretty deep. But, you know, receiver ends. You also have Kenny Gainwell out of the backfield. You have Boston Scott who can catch passes. You got guys that you could be a legitimate passing offense. I think the Eagles want to see that. But the one thing I loved about Nick Sirianni was he changed it all up. And everybody said it was the quarterback. I'm like, well, no, when you're averaging five and a half yards a carry and no one's stopping you, you keep doing it, <laughs> right? And Yes. I, I was the first one to say that. Like, no, you do what you do to win football games. You do what you do to get to the playoffs. And, you know, I've heard people say, well, that doesn't mean sustained success. And I'm like, well, no, you weren't going to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year. You just didn't have the talent to do that. But if Jalen Hurts takes that step, if Jalen Hurts isn't hurt, if they have better wide receivers, if they have a better defense, you can run the ball and beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You can run the ball and keep the ball out of Tom Brady's hands. You can do that. This year, I think they could, theoretically, but I think they want to be that passing team. I think they want to be the Kansas City Chiefs, the Los Angeles Rams, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I think the Eagles get really caught up in, let's be these teams because these teams win. Well, they also have to know the Kansas City Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. The Los Angeles Rams and Matthew Stafford. This is where I get into the conundrum with Jalen Hurts. Can he be those guys? And I don't know. <laughs> so I agree with you on that one. Right. I Listen, we, we could probably talk about that topic isolated for two hours, Jeff. And, and we'll maybe get back into that uh, before we wrap up in a few minutes later on in the conversation. We're talking with Jeff Kerr. Give him a follow at Jeff Kerr CBS. Uh, excellent insight both on social media and, of course, all the articles and coverage that he has for CBS Sports. So Jalen Hurts and his season totals over at Bet River Sportsbook's wagering menu here in PA, Jeff. Uh, total passing yards this year, 3,600 and a half. Uh, so we'll get your insight if you think he'll go over or under that. And then total passing touchdowns, 22 and a half for the listeners Jalen finished with thirty, just over 3,100 passing yards last year and finished with 16 passing touchdowns. Uh, do you see Jalen going over both of those numbers I just mentioned uh, or maybe under? So the 3,600 to me, it's – can I fade that? Like, can I not play that one if, if I have the choice here? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, because I'm scared of that one, honestly. I mean, I want to say – 
yes, because there's 17 games, but how is that going to translate? Like, if things go bad, is Nick Sirianni going to go back to the run again? Like, can he do that? Now you got A.J. Brown in the mix. Uh, the 22 touchdowns, I think he goes over. I, I will say that. I think he does throw more than 22 touchdowns because he's got the horses to catch those touchdown passes. And I, I think that's going to immensely benefit him. But 3,600 yards, like I said, if I'm doing over-unders, I'm probably staying away from that. You know, you, you just mentioned there in your answer, and you said it a minute ago as well, you know, well, do they go back to the run? And, you know, the, the team and identity that they really want to be when I just asked you about that, what, why would they even get away from the run? Now we're really just making assumptions and looking in our crystal ball a little bit here, Jeff. But let's assume they come out the gates you know, really making an effort to be that passing team identity-wise and quite literally in their play calling why though right like I mean run the damn ball you have the best offensive line in the NFL certainly top three to five worst case uh run the ball uh and then let Jalen be successful off play action like this team can win 12 or 13 games this year if they do that where I don't know is if they go about it the way that you just uh you know insinuated that they go about it yeah and so this is a funny story Brian um one of my buddies from Buffalo Rumblings, he does podcast. Uh, I actually all know his real name, but he goes by Bruce Nolan from Bruce Almighty. So, and we always talk all the time. And he goes, why do the Eagles hate Miles Sanders so much? And I, you know, I sent him a text. I'm like, oh, you must have saw the training camp tweet today where, you know, Miles Sanders wasn't with the first team. And it feels like, and I talk to people around the league on this, everybody thinks Miles Sanders is good, but the team that actually employs Miles Sanders. And, I, I don't know what it is, why they feel Kenny Gainwell can be more productive or Boston Scott or whatever, what the Eagles don't like about Miles Sanders. But all Miles Sanders does is produce. He's a top three back in yards per carry since he's entered the league amongst running backs. And he's a top four back in yards per touch amongst running backs. So, yeah, the guy's productive. And I, I don't understand. Just give him the ball. Give Kenny Gainwell the ball. Give Boston Scott the ball. Give Jordan Howard the ball. Give Ryan Rothstein the ball. It, it's <laughs> it it works. It, it's yeah. So to me, I just feel like if Nick threw the ball a little more, maybe go fifty-five to forty-five past the run instead of sixty forty. You're right. That 12-13 wins. It's very reasonable because you're going to control the clock and be effective on your possessions. Let's let's look at Miles Sanders for a second, and I, I'm I'm not that high on on Miles Sanders. I I know he has a ton of talent. He's made some big plays. His numbers are certainly nothing embarrassing. Uh, you know, you, you look at his career numbers. You know, you just look at last year uh, in the 2021 NFL season. Miles played 12 games. He started 12 games. Ended up with 754 rushing yards uh, a couple of the years prior, 867, 818. And those aren't off of a ton of carries. As you mentioned, the Eagles are not a team known to uh, you know, have any type of workhorse in the backfield. They don't even want to have one, it seems like. But what is the role that you believe Miles Sanders will have this season? Because I do like Gainwell, and I, I do hope – that he has a little bit more of a, a bigger role this season. Not saying I don't want Miles Sanders involved, but I'd like to see Gainwell get 8 to 12 touches, however they look, uh, a game this year. So 
how do you think Miles Sanders' impact will will be felt this season? I'd love to see Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell kind of be like Deuce Staley and Corral Buckholder in those early Andy Reid years. Like Miles is very productive. Get I don't want to say he gets the tough yards, but he's the guy who's going to get the lion's share of the carries. But you're right, and then you put in Gainwell as that change of pace guy, and he's going to have the explosive play for you. Like I still remember in. Buckholder's rookie year, it's like Deuce Staley would just wear down the defense because he could break a big play. And then Buckholder would actually do it and get like the 30 yard touchdown run. And I that's what you gotta have you gotta have now in today's NFL. And what what Gainwell does, what what I feel he he benefits Eagles greatly in is he can catch the ball on third down. And I think he's gonna be their third down back. I think he's gonna be very productive in that role. But I think the Eagles really like what they see out Kenny Gainwell. And I think they that's why Miles Sanders is kind of with the team today. At times, I feel like they want to see what Kenny Gainwell does with that first team. And he is their third down back. And you don't know if they're running their third down packages or not. You don't know what they're doing. But I feel like it's healthy for them to kind of mix and match those two because they're both going to contribute in that offense this year. You look at Miles Sanders and his uh, season totals for rushing yards and uh, total rushing touchdowns. Interesting for the listeners. A couple of days ago, I brought up Miles Sanders' total rushing yards. Bet Rivers had it set at nine hundred and a half. I look at it today; it's at eight fifty and a half. So for whatever reason, they felt like they set it a couple of days ago a little bit too high. So uh, eight fifty and a half is the total rushing yards number at Bet Rivers, and the total rushing touchdowns set at five and a half. Uh, give us your thoughts there, Jeff. Well, if it was 900, I probably would have said under because he probably would be around the 800 to 900 range. But I think they're going over now just because – I think they they want more people to go over, Ryan. So I, I think he can get 900 yards, though. I really do if he's healthy. Um, that, that, that's always the, the key with Miles Sanders. If he's healthy and gets the, the carries he should, you know, 200 to 250, he should get 900 yards. As for the five-and-a-half touchdowns, I think the tough part is Jalen Hurts, right? Because the Eagles – Gave the ball to Jalen Hurts a lot in the red zone last year. That's why Miles Sanders didn't have any touchdowns in 2021. So I'm going to say just because the law of averages will even out, he'll go over that. A.J. Brown is the player that we have to discuss here for a second, Jeff. Uh, just give us your thoughts on that acquisition and the impact that A.J. Brown can have. You know, I feel like A.J. Brown would be a lot more known around the league. and Not like he isn't well-known, but... If Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert or Josh Allen was his quarterback, we'd be ranting and raving about, oh, the Eagles got A.J. Brown. They got a top five wide receiver. But you don't hear that because Ryan Tannehill was his quarterback. And <laughs> it seemed like the only people who knew A.J. Brown was really, really good was the team that employed him, the Tennessee Titans and their fan base. And they can't stand them now because he wanted out. That How dare he want out of Tennessee and want more money. <laughs> but he, you know, he has the most – 50-yard catches and 50-yard touchdowns in the league or tied for it since he's entered the league. And that holds a lot of weight. And people get Derrick Henry freedom up all they want, but A.J. Brown's really good. And A.J. Brown was good last year. It's just Ryan Tannehill had a down year. Ryan Tannehill was good in 19 and 20. So I don't know what happened in 21, but A.J. Brown was still catching those old touchdowns. He's that deep threat the Eagles need. The, the guy who's going to benefit the most out of him is Devonta Smith because Devonta Smith is number one wide receiver written all over him. And he's going to be that guy Jalen just goes to. He's 
just going to make a lot of catches and a lot of plays for this football team just because you have to stop A.J. Brown. And if you don't, A.J. Brown will beat you in some way, shape, or form. This is, you know, A.J. Brown is very similar in my mind, in my mind to Terrell Owens. Um, I, they're not apples to apples by any stretch of the imagination, Jeff, but he's big, he's physical, he's talented. He has multiple uh, seasons where he's gotten over 1,000 receiving yards. 2020, he had 11 touchdown catches. Uh, so for me, this is a great problem to have, but for me, I can't help but continue to think, how are the Eagles going to successfully incorporate him into this offense? And then part two to this question, I'll tie in his season totals. Over under a thousand receiving yards, over under six and a half touchdowns. Oh man. What was the what was the receiving yard total? One thousand and a half. So will he, you know, will he get over the a thousand yards receiving mark? I think, think AJ Brown does. I think he's gonna have a big wow. year for that. I, I really do. Like I think it and I wrote this for CBS Sports the other day. I think it's gonna be a Terrell Owens type impact and Wow. Someone got mad at me on, on Twitter because I wrote that and put it in a headline. And really, that's what the story was about, you know, him having that T.O. type of impact. They said, well, you're putting these ridiculous expectations on, like, ridiculous expectations. They just paid the guy $100 million over four years and traded a first-round pick for him. Like, <laughs> this is how talented he is. He's that good. And if Jalen Hurts progresses like we think he's going to, A.J. Brown is going to play a huge role in that. And – yeah, I, I think you're going to see the over at least in at least in the receiving yards. It's but I think he can be a touchdown god for the Eagles. It's I would not be surprised if AJ Brown had 1100 1200 yards this year and and double digit touchdowns to be honest. It's that's because I feel he's a really good football player and I feel like he's getting paid like he's a really good football player and he's with his buddy now. He's going to be grinding. He's going to want to prove that the Eagles did not make a mistake trading for him. And you can tell he loves it here. So, I, yeah, I just feel like he's going to be that guy. It's He's going to be talked about a lot at the end of the season in terms of one of the best receivers in football just because of he's going to be an offense. I feel like the Eagles are going to do whatever they can to make sure he's happy. I love it. One more offensive player uh, question for you before we throw a couple defensive questions your way and then – We'll, we'll let you get out of here, Jeff. But Dallas Goddard is another intriguing player. We briefly mentioned him earlier in our conversation here, Jeff. But full offseason now with no Zach Ertz. Full season coming up with no Zach Ertz. Uh, this is a guy that we all see the potential in him. Uh, and, and you look at even his receiving yards total at Bet Rivers Sportsbook, 725. So this is a guy that can have an 800-yard, 900-yard receiving season. He certainly has the talent in him to do that. So uh, talk about Dallas Goddard taking, hopefully, uh, the next step in his career and development in the right direction uh, and how the Eagles will figure out how to successfully incorporate him in this offense. Honestly, if Dallas Goddard has the year he had last year, I don't think the Eagles as an organization would complain one bit because um, – I wasn't sure if he was ready to take the reins as the number one tight end when they traded Zach Ertz. I, I felt that those two together really complemented each other well. Well, it turned out the best thing for both of them was to separate them because Zach Ertz tore it up in Arizona and Dallas Goddard tore it up the minute Zach Ertz left. So I, I think they're, you know, I know I'm talking Cardinals here a little bit, but I think they're both just primed to have major seasons for their teams because Kyler Murray goes to Zach Ertz and 
Jalen Hurts likes going to Dallas Goddard. And I just think Dallas Goddard's going to be Jalen Hurts' security blanket a lot this season. He's great with yards after the catch. It's, I don't know. That that total seems a little low to me. I feel like they're baiting me to take the over on the receiving yards. So. <laughs> I, I agree with you. And, and his uh, receiving touchdown set at four and a half. I love the over four and a half as well. I mean, you, you're right. That was Hertz's uh, security blanket throughout the year last year, especially as we got later into the season. Uh, and, and I expect the same type of thing. Like you look at Andrews with Lamar Jackson and the success that he had playing tight end for the Baltimore Ravens uh, with Lamar as his quarterback. I, I see a similar type of duo potential with Jalen and Dallas Goddard. I, I just think Goddard has an opportunity to really rack up the stats and make a huge impact this year. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. It's like it's just like Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. You yep. go to players you know you can trust, and two can do it. And Tua does it with Mike Kosicki, too. It's, there's a reason why these tight ends are always considered amongst the best in the league, amongst the best pass catchers in the league, because they're reliable targets, and Dallas Goddard will be no different. And he's going to get his chances in the middle of the field, again, because of the A.J. Brown effect, because you got to worry about Devonta Smith. It's, you know, it, it's funny. We're talking about over-under with A.J. Brown and Miles Sanders and all that, but really it just seems like you mentioned those over-unders to me with Dallas Goddard. I may be putting all my chips in on the over there. and Let's go. On, yeah, just banking on Jalen Hurts to give this guy a monster year. Like, it, Eagles only have one – I think they only have one 1,000-yard receiving tight end. That's Zach Hurts. They might have two in Dallas Goddard if Jalen Hurts goes to him as much as he did last year. All right, let's uh, let's go to the defensive side of the ball, and we'll get to Hassan Redick in a second because that's obviously a huge addition to the Eagles on the defensive side of the ball. But I want to start with two rookies, all right, N'Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis, uh, and we can tie in their defensive rookie of the year odds. They're both in the top 10 on the wagering menu. Nicobe Dean's 11 to 1. Jordan Davis is 13 to 1. Uh, and I also just want you to talk about the impact that both of those guys can potentially have this year, Jeff. So, Eagles love Nicobe Dean. They want Nicobe Dean to start. They, they really do, as soon as possible. If he can start week one, I think they'll give Nicobe Dean every opportunity to, to do that. I love when N'Kobe Dean can bring that defense. He, he can play the mic. He can be an all-ball linebacker for them. He, he can just play anywhere, right? And I think John McGann's going to mix and match there, but he's going to be the guy that sees the field a lot. Jordan Davis, um, I, I'll reiterate what John McGann said today. Not like they're going to take it slow with him because they're going to put him in a lot of defensive sub-packages, but you you have more of a leeway with him because you have Fletcher Cox, you have Javon Hargrave, uh, but you can mix and match Jordan Davis in there and he can throw – as the year goes on, but you got two really good players from Georgia here, Ryan. And what I like about it is, especially what the Eagles have done the last two years, they are getting productive players from productive colleges and they're producing right away in the NFL. You're seeing with Devonta Smith, you're seeing with Landon Dickerson. I think you're going to see the same out of these Georgia guys. It's, I, I keep telling people, there's a reason to be hyped up about Nicobe Dean. I, I think Eagles fans have been starving for a really good productive linebacker for some time, probably since Jeremiah Trotter wore the midnight green. The Axe Man, absolutely. Um, it's been it's been way too long, so I'm really excited for Nicobe Dean. You hear seal of the draft often uh, when when you hear Nicobe Dean 
be brought up in in any capacity. All right, two more questions for you, Jeff. I appreciate your time, man. Uh, great, great stuff. Great insight uh, here th- on this episode. Give him a follow at Jeff Kerr CBS. Talk about Hassan Riddick, Jeff, and and the impact that that he can have and how much better he can make this defense. Let this dude rush the passer. I, I'm begging Jonathan Gannon this. I like. I know he knows forgets more about football than I do than I know, but please. <laughs> Let this guy rush the passer. It's wise to do that. Do you know? I, I don't have the stat from me. I got. I got to look it up. But him and Aaron. Donald I saw you like, tweeted out. I have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred, so like, hundred tackles, twenty sacks, and eight forced fumbles. The last two seasons, it's only him and Aaron Donald. Yeah. So let Hassan Reddick do what he does best. Oh, rush the passer. By the way, he's done that with two different defenses and two different schemes. You can play him as an all-ball linebacker if you want, but. Just have, it, just have this guy rush the passer. Have Josh Wett run, rush the passer and put Brandon Graham inside on a couple packages and go nuts. And th- that's one thing I really like about Hassan Reddick. It's, the Eagles got him to improve the second-worst defense in the NFL in sacks last year. Yeah, they only had 29. It, it was terrible. So I, I think the Eagles can be a 40-sack football team with Hassan Reddick in that defense. I, I feel like him and Josh Wett are in line for big years. Brandon Graham... Him coming back 100% is huge for them. I, I think it frees up Fletcher Cox. I've, I think it frees up Javon Hargrave. I even think Derek Barnett, as bad as he's been, can be productive with this pass rush. So Hassan Bray is going to make a world of difference for his football team this year. All right, last topic of discussion. Last question for Jeff. NFC East outlook, and we'll also tie in the betting odds to win the division, the Cowboys coming off a 12 and five season where they won the NFC East, uh, the betting favorite at plus 125, the Eagles coming off the nine and eight season are next at plus 180. Then you have Washington five to one and the Giants at plus 750. How do you see this division playing out? How do you see the Eagles season, most importantly, playing out? And can the Eagles and will the Eagles win this division? I said it on Vison the other night. Man, I really want to take the Eagles odds right now because I, I think the Cowboys took two steps back and the Eagles took a step forward. Now, the Cowboys are still good. I think they have more top-end talent than the Eagles. But are they deeper than the Eagles? I don't think so. I think that's where the Eagles can match up with Dallas. They have the depth across the board. And I, I feel like if the Eagles can win that Week 6 game, that Sunday night football game, I feel they're going to win the division. I, I you know, come hell the high water, right, Red Ryan? So I, yeah. I'm looking at it as if the Eagles get off to a good start, which I think they will, I, I think that'll be enough to get them 11 win to get the division. I think 11 is going to get the division. So give me the Eagles. I don't, I'm not saying Washington's going to win the NFC East, but those five to one odds sound pretty good. But those also change, though, with. Chase Young not starting the year. Looks like he's going to start the year on the pup list, which means he'll miss four weeks. Yeah. So all my optimism for Washington went away in like two hours. So, yeah, I'll go with the Eagles to win the division. I I, I think they win 11. I think Dallas wins 10. I think they're both playoff teams, but the Eagles have to show they can beat Dallas. And they can do that week six. There's a really good chance that those odds are pretty good in the Eagles' favor. Last point here, I know you have to run, but just on the division, I, I think the division's better than a lot of people are are insinuating and, and giving this NFC East credit for. Like, like, listen, I agree with you. I'm not saying Washington or New York are, are going to end up winning the division at all, 
one thing you and I both know, it's always a battle. It's always a gauntlet in this division to get two wins against Washington, Dallas, and New York, regardless of their standing in that particular season. Uh, and, and I see Washington 7-10 and 10 last year. I see them, you know, in between seven and nine wins this year. And I think the Giants this season uh, can end up getting somewhere between six to eight, seven to nine wins. Uh, so I think it's going to be tough for the Eagles to beat these teams two times. Uh, your thoughts on that really quick. Yeah, so when the, I ranked the divisions all year last year, and one of my – I guess I could say one of my pet peeves was when they ripped on the NFC East. I'm like, do you guys watch the AFC South? Do you watch the NFC North? Those divisions are terrible. Absolutely <laughs> terrible. But everybody's in love with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I'm like, that's great. They don't play anybody. You know, when Aaron Rodgers says he owns the Bears, I'm like, you should own the Bears. The Bears have been terrible for pretty much the last 15 years. So, and a lot of that has to do with Aaron Rodgers. But the NFC North is going to be good this year. The NFC South probably is not going to be good this year. And the Falcons aren't good. I, I'm not sure about the Saints. I don't like their head coach. I think they're talented. I don't like their head coach. I think the Panthers can be a playoff team. But, again, is Matt Rule the guy? I, I don't know. It's There's a lot of unknowns there, although I think they could be good. But, yep. overall, it's – yes, the East might be in the middle of the pack in terms of ranking all eight of the divisions in football. It's not as bad as people make it out to be. I think the Giants are going to be better just because Dave Gettleman and – Joe Judge and Jason Garrett aren't there. So that's a start. Um, I think as much as we like the rip Carson Wentz, I still think Washington is going to be better just because Carson Wentz's stability at quarterback, something you didn't have with Taylor Heineke and Ryan Fitzpatrick was injured last year. It's, I mean, it's, you know, when Carson's good, he's pretty good and he will give you a couple good games, but the inconsistency is going to play a factor in there. So, yeah, if I had to rank the NFC East this year, I'd probably rank them probably the fifth of eight in terms of divisions of football going into the year. Jeff Kerr, ladies and gentlemen, excellent stuff. Uh, give him a follow at Jeff Kerr, CBS NFL writer for CBS Sports. Uh, he's all over the place. He puts out great articles and insight uh, for CBS Sports. Check him out, uh, as I've mentioned, on his Twitter page and on CBS Sports dot com jeff anything else that i have not plugged for you uh, i appreciate your time man um no i mean just catch my work at cbssports.com um obviously going to be on uh, usually on birds 365 on uh jacob media youtube channel usually once a week um on a bunch of our program obviously ryan you you know i come on wip every once in a while so yes yeah, besides that, I, I think you got all the plugs right all right good Good, and I got to get you on uh, WIP with me one night that you're uh, you're up late or up early if you can ha if you can handle it. But believe it or not, I'm actually up around two, three in the morning, so I might take you <laughs> up on that. Long. I, I watch a lot of my TV shows at, at that time. That's my downtime. I like it. I'm I'm the same way. At least once or twice a week. Besides when I'm on WIP. So, all right, Jeff, I'll let you run, brother. I I appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much. We'll do it again soon. Yep. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yep. All right. Excellent stuff there from Jeff Kerr. As I mentioned a few times throughout our conversation, make sure you give him a follow at Jeff Kerr CBS. We'll have to get him on again uh, as we get closer to the month of September, as we get closer to week one, or maybe even uh, early in the season, a couple weeks after week one gets underway. So I uh, appreciate everyone, as always, for tuning in. 
Hope everyone has a great weekend. Make sure you're subscribed slash following the Philadelphia CityCast, depending on your podcast platform. And you can give me a follow on Twitter at WiseRye, W-I-S-E-R-Y-E. You can find links to all of the platforms we're available to you on right there on my Twitter page. You can also find links to each and every individual episode that we put out there just for you. All right, best of luck on your bets. Hope everyone has a safe and fun rest of your weekend. Uh, we're going to try and throw out another episode for you before we get to Monday uh, and then another busy week ahead when we come back from the sports betting weekend. All right, everyone, thanks as always. Until next time, you've been listening to the Philadelphia CityCast presented by BetRivers Sportsbook. Peace. Baseball is here, and BetRivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the entire baseball season. Place a three-leg, same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Presented by BetRivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.